We could just change one of the words into something goofy, put a pun in there, and then we're done. Oh, God. Can we not turn it into the pun, pun podcast, please? I'm not, I'm not really a pun person. So we'll live without that. Okay, hello listeners and welcome to episode 50 of the Picky Bastards podcast. Somehow we have got to half a century without killing each other. Although I was thinking that we've lost two full-time hosts in that time, so arguably there's a possibility that there, there has been some murder involved. Um, who knows? But anyway, I'm here with the current hosts. Um, I'm I'm Fran, if you didn't know that. And I'm here with Matt. How are you doing, Matt? Hello. And Sam. You didn't really hello. answer my question, did you? You just said hello. Um, I was just going to say you're the, you're the the last you're the one who's done fifty. I am. Well, I haven't really done fifty technically, so maybe we should save the special because I had a few off, didn't I? Oh yeah, I'm I pro- forgot about that. <laughs> I think I'm technically on. I'm technically, I think I missed two, so technically I'm on episode forty-eight. Um, so none of us have actually made it to episode fifty yet, but the podcast has, and that's the main thing. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. how are you, Sam? Seems Matt interrupted you. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> Sorry. I don't even know how many I've been on. Nowhere near as many as you Yeah, guys. it'd be hard to say how many you've been on. Um, I wonder if you've overtaken Nermal now, because Nermal was the original host. He did seven episodes. I think I've done um, more than that. So I think yeah. you'll probably, yeah, you probably have overtaken. So you're probably the fourth most decorated bastard now. Wow. Um, anyway, instead of clocking up how many episodes we've all done, let's talk about the actual podcast. Today we're going to do a special episode looking at albums that we haven't covered that we probably should have from the five years that we've been doing the podcast. So we picked a, a mix of albums that we really like and wanted to share with each other uh, and talk about and albums that have been either quite big or quite critically acclaimed that we've just never really spoken about. So we've got a list of nine albums um, and we're going to do some round robin questions around them. So the nine albums are Lizzo with Cause I Love You, Rosalia with El Makira, and that's my amazing Spanish. Um, Cardi B with Invasion of Privacy, Nilofa Yanya with Miss Universe, Live Forever by Barty Strange, Ouye or something like that by a BBO Sound Machine. Someone please tell me how to pronounce it. Um, Pang by Carolyn Polacek. I think that these lot just chose albums that they knew I would struggle to pronounce <laughs> as we started. Yeah. Um, this is a nice easy one. 444 by Jay-Z, although it could be 444, who knows. Um, and Ash by Ibaye, and that's our nine albums. So I decided after the last time, I'm going to just tell you before we start the round robin what the four questions are, because a lot of the time, if we are going to talk about an album later, we won't talk about it at the end of each question. One of us might say, oh, I can't talk about that now. And I just wonder if that makes any sense to you listening sometimes. So we have four questions. If an album comes up, we won't talk about it. Um, so the four questions are going to be, what was the most typical Picky Bastards album and why? What was our favorite new discovery? Which of these albums felt most relevant to the five years we've been doing the podcast? And which of these albums do we wish we still hadn't covered? And we'll each give an answer for those. So I'm going to kick off with the first question, which we'll get 90 seconds to answer each. And Sam, I'm going to start with you. Okay. So Sam, which was the most typical Picky Bastards album and why? Yeah, so I thought this was a really easy question to answer. Um, I think the most typical Picky Bastards album possible, a genre-fusing blend of indie rock, hip-hop, jazz, made by an English-born American. 
this is it's pure picky bastards it's the barty strange live forever and mm, um, i'd be surprised if anyone picks anything else but judging by that reaction you probably won't um <laughs> Uh, Fallen for You is like heartbreakingly stark and it's like really brutal. While there's other tracks like Mustang that are like raucous and full of energy. Free Kelly Rowland is like super commercial trap music. Then it's like back to like indie grungy rock. It's so hard to pin down, but it's really, really mm. intriguing as an album. Um, there's this like eerie noise across Flagey God. Um, it's like so thrilling. Um, that track could be like house music. I could hear that alongside mm. a dance track and not be surprised. Um, and then like Boomer has this big energy, like this driving guitar line before it all goes off. Um, yeah, I feel like it's just a constant development from moment to moment that's so interesting. Um, he does all of these styles on this album and it feels like in other in an under, other person's kind of um, record, it could fall apart. And yeah, he sounds really great on all of them. Um, so it's really impressive. I, I think it's a really interesting album and it's so picky bastards. It hurts. <laughs> um, nice. It's like you. Yeah, you, that's me. You did it. That's the first time you've ever beaten the clock. I, I know. Think. You had like three seconds left. I'm impressed. All right, then, Matt. Um, we'll see if you have picked the same. What is the most typical picky bastards album and why? Go. I picked Barty Strange with Live Forever. Um, and it's it's for a lot of the same reasons. I, I I think it like the core for me the core genre in this is like the indie rock which we do lean towards I think as a group. Um, but then it has a bunch of other stuff mixed in um, that keeps it interesting, keeps it spicy, and makes you like kind of gives you enough to like dig into over a month um, when when we're doing this. So it definitely feels like the appropriate pick from this list. Um, that said, despite that description, I'm not such sure, like listening to this album, I was like on the fence. Do I like this? Do I not like mm -hmm. this? And I think it, what it came to, down to for me was it has so much of these diverse sounds that it wasn't super cohesive as an album for me. Um, like he, he is pretty, his sound is pretty unique and is coherent throughout the album, but the changing of styles and genres is just a little bit too abrupt for me when listening to the album. That said, there's some absolutely great tracks on it. Um, Mustang, Boomer, In a Cab, those are like the more indie rock ones that I really liked. But then also some of the weirder electronic ones like Flaggy God, I also really liked. Um, I was looking I forward to seeing everyone pronounce that. Sorry, carry on. Yeah. I think the biggest thing for me that actually uh, helped me back, though, actually was the production. It felt really kind of lightweight almost. Um, well, that's all you're going to get to say about that. Yeah. Um, okay. Who wants to... I'll time I'll, you're timing me, aren't we? I'll time I, Yeah. Are you ready to go? I am. On front. Go. So I think there's there's more often than not, there's a particular place where it was Bastards Land as reviewers. I think we like to pretend we're into really interesting experimental music that's doing new things. But often we end up loving stuff that kind of pushes less boundaries. The stuff that kind of hints at being a bit new and original, but then falls back on a lot of safe elements. So for me personally, I think Nilifer Yanya's Miss Universe is probably the most typical Picky Bastards album you could get. If, if not, you know, not just the most typical on this list, it's the most typical you could get. I think... The hype and reception to this album suggested it was something really game-changing and, uh, and original, but I've never really understood that perspective personally. I think it's quite a generic indie pop album in a lot of ways. But I don't mean that as an insult. Like It's the most typical Picky Bastards album because this is a sound a lot of us like. 
Um, and I do really like this album. I think it's full of great sort of indie pop songs being performed by a really good indie pop performer. I think that, you know, there's hit, hints at experimentalism, but they don't dominate the songs and they fit in well. Um, I think songs like Tears, Heavyweight Champion, In Your Head and Baby Blue are all great. And I particularly love Safety Net. Um, I think it's just got a great melody. Um, it's one of it's, it's up, up the top half of this list for me, maybe my fourth favourite album, I think. But I will end by being a bit less positive because I have to, because I'm a negative person. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think this album is slightly overrated. I think it's very good, but I think it's been treated as this masterpiece from a lot of the reviews and a lot of the hype that I've heard. Um, I don't think it is that, but I do think that she could create a masterpiece in the future. So That's I'm interested time. to see. Sorry, I nearly done. Stop that. Sorry. I didn't work. Couldn't work out how to actually stop the alarm. Well, that's so cool. we didn't all pick Barty Strange. Um, no. And I can't talk about Barty Strange now because I'm going to come back to that. So, do either okay. of you want to talk about Nilofa Yanya right now? Um, I can. Go for um, it. Well, I suggested this because I, I, I do love this album. I, I do agree it isn't perfect. It's, it's definitely like very front loaded. Mm. Um, and tails off towards the end. I think the the kind of health motifs throughout are hit and miss. Um, it's it's a cool idea, but I do think it was very much like at the time this album was made, Black Mirror was at its like peak of popularity. Yeah, that makes sense. And so, and so, yeah, it, it feels like of a moment. But yeah, for like a debut album, I think this this was fantastic and. I remember I wrote about it for when we were talking about the Mercury Prize and it wasn't nominated. And I think it should have been because there were albums on that list like 1975. Um, there was the Anna Calvi album, which was good, but also not great. And for, I think the Foles album as well was that year. Um, that was a good Foles album though. That was a good Foles album. It was, but it's also like their fifth album. And yeah, like, yeah. I, I, that shouldn't... that shouldn't be a completely deciding factor but it should be a factor mm, i think yeah um so yeah and like yeah she's also just really great live as you would imagine like mm. with this indie rock vibe and her like really raspy voice it all carries across to a live setting really really well great. so yeah so yeah i didn't want to sound negative about it i do think it's a very good album but it's, it's one of the ones on this list that i personally already knew quite well um so i think and i've seen so many people absolutely rave about it which i mm-hmm. i've always found a little bit sometimes it's, i think she's a really interesting artist and i think that she will do something fantastic i've heard the new singles really good um so i'm excited to see her album this year but yeah i just yeah. think people get a bit carried away with themselves about this this album that's that's yeah. all i'm saying um sam may you want to talk now or i i i'll talk about that later Okay, cool. Okay. So on to question two, which is what is your favorite new discovery? And Matt, we're going to start with you this time. Are you ready? Yeah. Go. So for the favorite new discovery, I have picked Jay-Z's 444, which what? sounds super <laughs> counterintuitive because I've I've talked about Jay-Z on a why I love. But I I thought I'd listen to this album and I I hadn't. <laughs> And I, I was looking back, and I, I, know, I know why, because because this was released, I'm pretty sure on Tidal, um, and then it was eventually came across to Spotify, mm. and I completely like there's a whole 
like several albums that I missed from Jay-Z as a result of his um, Tidal obsession. And and checking back into them, I, I have checked back into some of them, but like coming back to this, it feels like after really only listening to his more recent stuff, which is more like poppy, his stuff working with stuff uh, like Kanye, um, and so coming back to this album where it's it's so much more mature, it's so much more uh, like a step up and a growth. Um, I'd kind of, I'd, I loved him as an artist, but had kind of felt like I'd grown out of him. And it feels like this with this album where it's like talking about values that now I more appreciate, like open, like the honesty that he uh, in his storytelling and um, family and community, which is more the center of the album. That's all you get to say, I'm afraid. Yeah. You just pick like you're one of your favorite artists as your favorite new discovery. So, wow. I don't think you should have even it's, been allowed ninety seconds. It's fair. It's an album, and it's an album. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> an album. All right, I'm going to go next. So, when yeah. you're ready, Sam. You ready to go? Go now. Okay, so the Barty Strange album "Live Forever" is not only my favorite new discovery on this this list, but it's probably the best album I've discovered through Picky Bastards in a long time maybe since sort of Kano's Hoodies All Summer or Squid's Bright Greenfield. Um, I love everything about this album. I think he has an incredible voice with a really interesting and dynamic range. I love the mix of influences on show that you've both mentioned already. They're songs that are very soulful, songs that are influenced, songs with elements of R&B and pop, and Eve is as a rapper guest on one of the songs. I think it's a really varied and changeable album, but I disagree with Matt. I think it does feel like a really cohesive whole as well. And I think it's his presence and his persona that makes it feel so complete. I think he stands out so much in the music. So whatever the style, the music feels completely him. I think that makes him quite unique. Um, and as well as the album being my favourite Picky Bee's discovery in quite a long time, I really can't think of a song I've loved as much as Flagey God on, on one of our playlists, playlists in years. Mm-hmm. I think Sel- Selfish by Little Sims is probably the last song that I've got so obsessed with through the podcast. Um I think this song brings together all of the influences that we've been talking about and it's just so addictive and so fun. Um, and I think it's the song that really shows what he's all about. So yeah, I'm a huge fan of this and I can really see, he's been a really sort of cult um, artist so far. And I think I can really see what the fuss has been about. And I think he's really one we should have, we should have covered much earlier. I'm done. Cool. I beat wow. the clock. You cool. just beat the clock. Amazing. Good job. I'm very skilled at this. After after five years of doing it, I should be able to beat the clock right now. All right, Sam, when you're ready, your new discovery, go. Yeah, yeah so I, I've gone for Ibibio Sound Machine. Um, okay. As cool. This album just makes me feel good. Um, I can't describe it any better than that, really. Um, it's just so stacked with like grooves and rhythm and soulful performances from both the instruments and the kind of the band and then the, the vocals. Um, that no album that I didn't already know on this list made me wish I could see this being performed live mm. like this did. Mm. I bet that it's just such an energy on stage um, and you get that throughout the whole album. Um, like the pot is on fire. That's just pure joy. Power of three. That, like that makes me need to dance. It's not like a, I want to. <laughs> it's like you, you can't help it. And that's the energy that this whole album seems to capture. Um, and I love the the kind of uh, crossover of styles. It feels very um, 
it feels very like kind of um a cultural hot pot of various different things um all all in one i really like the songs um where it kind of switches between languages and um yeah i'd, I'd listen to their follow-up album um but had never really given it the time i needed i'm so glad that um this was picked for this because this was way more immediate to me and i feel like now i'm like in it and now i i'd probably go back to any, <laughs> any of their albums and be like yeah i'm gonna feel great listening to this um, oh, perfect timing. Okay, well, I'm going to just jump on with a BBO, I think, because it kind of um, it. Yeah. leaves off where where Sam was in a way. Um, yeah, I was really surprised by how much this one grew on me, I think, on paper. And after the th- first few listens, it really seemed like it wasn't the kind of album that would impact me much. But I think it started to seep in when I, I listened to it in different contexts, when I wasn't just having it on in the background while I was working. It's, there's just something incredibly infectious and irresistible about it. Um, you all know, Sam just talked about it making him want to dance. You all know that I avoid dancing <laughs> as much as I possibly can, but you can't not dance this album. There is no way that you can listen to this album and not dance in some way. There's no way you can stay still. Um, I think what separates it from, from me from some of the other stuff on this playlist that's largely not in English is that I didn't care what they were saying as much on this album as well. It's rare for me that lyrics don't really impact the experience. And I'm not saying there's a problem with the lyrics here, but for me, the voice and the words are more important for the rhythm that they create on this. I think they make the rhythm, the words make it really hypnotic. Um, And I think the repetition and rhythm are the sort of key elements of this album, the things that make it so addictive. So yeah, I ended up loving it. Um, and it's really only grown on me, particularly in the last week of listening. Um, I think this is the what made it interesting to me is it's the kind of album if I, every week I listen to four or five new releases and if they don't get me on the first listen, I never listen to them again. And I probably wouldn't have listened to this if it wasn't for the context of the podcast. So um, I would have decided it wasn't for me very early. So I'm really glad that it got included here because it, it probably ended up being my, it would have been my next choice for favorite discovery, actually. It's probably my third favorite album on the list. So. Yeah, I really liked it. Um, Matt, can you talk about a BBO now? Yeah, 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 yeah. I I also very much enjoyed this album. Um, it was also a contender for for the for this category for me. Um, okay. I yeah, like I think it hits a lot of the the things that I, probably folks know that I I love like the kind of eighty synths, the danceability, like and the mixing it, but it has this kind of really front and center is like the afro beats and and things like that it's much more leaning that direction than compared to stuff that i more overtly listen to uh, like talking heads or something or lcd sound system mm. um but that doesn't that i don't mean that in a negative it, it's really fun and different and like um like sam said it's this kind of cultural like melting of all these other other uh, sounds coming together and it just like for 95% of this album, it works super well. Like, I don't know of any song apart from, I can't remember which song it's on uh, on here that has like a, a 20 second breakdown with like laser noises and it kind of, <laughs> and it works. Yeah. Um, but it, it did, like, it's interesting. I'm going to talk about the, the lyrics now, um, which is a complete what? flip of the usual. What? What's um, happening? I like. I got really curious about like what what she was talking about, and okay. I, I I don't really know. Like I don't know. I don't. I didn't get that far into my research. <laughs> but I just like was reading an article. I was reading. So you're not really going to talk about the lyrics. You're no, going to talk about but, briefly thinking it, about the lyrics. 
like reading around some of the reviews of people that can speak the language um i think she's speaking a language of a, Niger- a nigerian language and okay. um, like apparently storytelling is one of her strong points oh really um, wow that's interesting and so like there's this whole extra level that we're missing out on and we yeah. love it I, I feel like we all are very positive about it right mm. and there's this whole other juxt- like level and apparently some like some of these lyrics are about like war and and all the struggles wow. and shit of um like some of the experiences growing up in nigeria um, yeah that's and really like, interesting the juxtaposition of that against the euphoria of the music mm. would be super interesting if, if i understood it but well that's my own fault um, so. <laughs> that's interesting though because i could i suppose i would have i would have assumed it was an album about dancing and yeah celebration yeah so it's, it's in, that does make it even more interesting yeah i might have to read around about that Cool. Yeah, okay. That's cool. And anything more on a BBO before we move on to No. Sam, can you talk about Jay Z at the minute? Yeah, yeah. I can yeah. talk about this. Um I, I picked this because basically I was in the same position that Matt was in um when this came out. So I, I was kind of a huge lifelong Jay Z fan, love so much of his so many of his records. Um but he, he had kind of become a singles act. Like I think feel like post Run This Town, Empire State of Mind he was yeah. chasing hits and trends and it felt like th- those albums they had hits on them and they're great songs but he wasn't creating bodies of work like the black album or the blueprint he wasn't doing that level of album and then this completely changed that for me and um, i feel like it works even better in the context of this coming out a year after lemonade because yeah you're talking about this relationship that all of us know of but we barely knew anything about them. They were so guarded, like in the press and in interviews, they would never talk about anything serious, really. And and then we have these two albums, which dive so deep into that. Um, So like the title track is just so brutally honest and it's really powerful. Um, And I I saw them live together. Like they they did a tour when they had that joint um, album. And... um, they did this performance and they mixed like one of Beyonce's songs um, with this 444 and he's like circling her rapping this, that song. And it was really like moving really, because it was like these two people who um, talking about losing, losing a child to miscarriage um, Jay-Z blaming himself for his own, the infidelity that he was doing and, kind of taking ownership of that mm. um it's so mature and honest um things like the story of oj and moonlight um he's describing like being black in america and he's so open and frank from his position as this kind of um businessman which which he'd kind of turned into rather than a person at the center of hip-hop and this brings him back there um and he and this, but this isn't a like completely serious album all the time. Like there's really fun songs and really enjoyable moments that are like brighter. Like that, I love that song "Smile" that he um, mm. talking about his mother, um, and the fact that um, realizing that his mother's a lesbian and that she's been living this lie this whole time, and that um, how hard that must have been, and how he he didn't support her enough, and um, and yet how happy he is that she can finally be who who she is um and that's like i can't think of like a an established um kind of old school hip-hop act like jay-z releasing an album like this so far into their career and it being 
matching, if not surpassing some of their classics. Like th- to me, mm. this is one of his classics. And that's why I wanted to do it on the podcast because um, I feel like even people that maybe see him as kind of past it, um, this is just a complete reset. And whatever he does from now on, on his studio albums, the, the standard is back again. It's, it's back to that quality. Mm. Um, so I'm glad, I'm really glad you finally listened to it, Matt, because I, f- I feel like as a fan, this is one of his best. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I think you pretty much in a much more eloquently <laughs> <laughs> way uh, said exactly how I was feeling. It's yeah. I was, I was, I was kind of blown away by how strong it was. And that's why I, like, even though I know Jay-Z very well, um, I had to put it in this section. Um, it just made sense. Fair enough. Okay, so... Can you not um, talk about it, Fran? I can't right now, no. Um, but I will be doing relatively soon. Um, <laughs> so we've, all, we've spoken about the Barty Strange, so that's it, isn't it? It's next question time. Yeah, yeah. So question. I'm, I'm going to go first, and this question is uh, which album is most relevant to the five years we've been doing the podcast, so... When you're ready to time me, Sam. Yeah, go for it. Okay, so I actually found this question the hardest to answer because I was quite surprised that um, in the five years we've seen, where we've basically seen the world fall to pieces, we basically picked albums that were pretty upbeat and apolitical. So not a lot of it spoke to me of the world in recent times, but of of the albums we did pick, it was the Jay-Z album that felt most relevant to the years we've been on air. I think it has the most political elements that chime with the times. But more than that, I think it fit into a trend that I've noticed in a lot of the music we've covered down the years. Uh, It feels like the last few years, we've seen a lot of artists release albums that look to be their most personal, the most open albums that they've done um, and albums that deal with their past and how that past has affected them. And particularly black artists talking about how racism has affected them. Um, And I think 444 definitely does that. Um, I also think there's a really positive move in hip hop in general, actually, over the last few years where we've seen less homophobia and, and more focus on equality in that area particularly. And I think the, sound, the song Sam was talking about, Smile, is a mm. really good example of that. Um, I think Smile is potentially my favourite Jay-Z song that I've that I've heard, and I don't know him as, as well as you guys. Um, further to that, I'd say that this this album actually has some of my favourite Jay, Jay-Z songs. Um, I like that Smile, the title song, Mercy Me and Legacy, I thought were all great. Um but the other thing that made it relevant to the last five years for me was how, despite the attempts to be more personal and, and show more of an empathetic side, he still can't end up, he still can't help himself from talking about money on nearly every song. Ah, um, oh, is that me? Is that yeah, you, seconds? Just, you just missed out. Oh, I still had loads to say. I was about to Tough. go in on him for talking about money all the time, but I'll have to hold <laughs> back on that. Um, yeah, all right. Okay, cool. So um, we're going to go to uh, Sam next. Which one's the most relevant? So the last five years go. So I think I've misinterpreted this question entirely, which is great. An instant However great you thing want to, to interpret go it. Um, so I, I've picked Mill for Yaya because um, I feel like it's the most relevant to my, the five years that I've known the Picky Bastards podcast and yeah. have been engaging with it. Um, because it's for many of the same reasons that you, that Fran picked it earlier in that first question. Um, this feels like one of those albums where, there's something missing for me, but it seems like everyone else that I'm talking to across this <laughs> website and podcast that they get something from it that I'm not. Um, I don't actively dislike it. I, I it's probably my least favorite on the playlist, but wow. Um, I that that's kind of I'm not. I don't actively dislike it at all. Um, it's just 
the general mood that I seem to have towards this. I, I, I kind of started to go to more like indifference. The songs kind of blended together a bit more. Mm. Um, I, I found her vocals slightly off-putting at times, um, where the the production would, would end up going in quite a pop direction and it didn't really feel like it gelled for me. Um, and she has this kind of nonchalance or like that, that she doesn't really care or like she's kind of that it's that well it's that indie attitude isn't it which i feel mm. like that this album captures that great but it's not really my thing which we've established many times that's why i picked <laughs> up this question um i i enjoyed paradise though i i feel like that was that's kind of more off kilter you're done um, i wasn't yeah. even looking at my alarm then so yeah, that wasn't a misinterpretation of the question you can interpret these questions however you like that's why i keep them very vague however you want to see it so yeah that's all good Okay, Mark, ready? Cool. Which album felt uh, most relevant to you? Go. Um, so I went with Lizzo, because I love you. And okay. I interpreted this question somewhere in between you guys. And so I think <laughs> I think this is the most relevant album, especially to us as a group over the past four years, cause, and to music in general, if we were to consider everything as a whole. Um, because cause this is generally the way... I feel like a lot of our tastes um, are evolving and a lot of us, well, a lot of us, I know me, I, I know we talked to France talked about this as well, like with pop music um, there's much more of an acceptance within us to, to, mm. to, or to give this kind of music a try and to actually genu- genuinely love it. And then also like the, um, the other side is like the soul and the R and B aspects also um, genres, which are growing getting bigger and more mainstream and i think we're we're also pushing that way as well and really it's also just a fantastic album it it was also everywhere when it came out it was massive and so for that reason it's also very relevant and then lastly similar reasons to what are you talking about jay-z it's it's incredibly personal she's doing pop music but she's talking so much about herself and so much about um the way it's, it's very much through her own lens okay yeah you're done so cool the answers there were jay-z which we've spoken about Nilfa yep. Yanya, which we've spoken about and lizzo yeah. um sam do you want to talk about lizzo now i can talk about lizzo um yeah i i love this album I, i'm surprised you picked it for this question actually but i guess we all interpreted it differently. Um, yeah. So it's probably just me <laughs> anyway. Um, but yeah, I, I absolutely love this album. This is, a, this is a pop classic to me of the last few years. Um, and Lizzo is an absolute star. Um, she's a star in this front to back. Um, and it captures the energy that she has on stage. Um, I feel like um, every single moment, vocally, she just nails it. On From the very start, it's like, okay, she can sing, she's singing for us. And then we're instantly into a completely different style of, of pop. And we're now she's making us um, kind of feel good about ourselves. I've, I've so many interviews I've seen with her where she said, um, cause this is like her fourth album or something. And oh, really? the, yeah. And it was, it took so long for her to finally break through. Um, and she'd been trying so many times in her first few um, were like really heavy rap based they weren't really yeah. pop and um it she she kind of it's the idea that she's gone 
I need to focus on making songs that make me feel good and make the audience feel good rather than showing off what I can do. And mm. it feels like that's what this album does is it's like when she's there with Missy Elliott on tempo, mm, yeah. you can tell she's loving every second and we are as well. It's, it's so infectious. That's a, that's a perfect word for it. Like I feel like heaven help me soulmate, all these songs just come alive when she performs them. And, and when she sings it on this album, um, I, uh, I was going to say, I've just said about the rap thing. I actually think that I kind of wish she did rap slightly more on mm. the album. Um, it's mm. really interesting because the they re-released this as like a deluxe edition when Truth Hurts became a massive hit, and that that was a that was her biggest song. Um, and it feels like adding that on, um, both ruins the end of the album for me. Um, when you add those bonus tracks on. So I prefer it without, but then also that gives me the rap bit that I'm kind of craving elsewhere. So I'm kind of conflicted on that. Um, But yeah, I I think Juice is an all-time classic. I've been obsessed with that song since the day it came out. And um, I feel like, no, I'm not a snack at all. Look, baby, I'm the whole damn meal. That kind of sums it (laughs) up to me. Um, she She just owns it and completely... Um, kind of just bosses the album um, and yeah I, I really really love it I already did um, and I'm glad that Matt picked this so I could listen to it again yeah. I, I, just, I want to pick up on something you said with the like I'd listened to some of her previous work and like it is like it's very good hip hop um, and like I was really into one of her songs but it is just like it is just all da- like dance rap music, and it's 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 yeah. great. But like to have this voice in your back pocket, and yeah, then to be releasing totally. music for years, like like I think the the album I've listened to is like from almost a decade ago at this point. Yeah, and then to yeah, like halfway into your career, just like oh, <laughs> I can do this as well. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Um, right, Fran, can you talk about it? I'm not going to talk about Lizzo right now. Um, that's all I'm cool. going to say. Oh, great. So we'll move on to the final well, question. I think, I think all my statements about uh, us growing towards a more inclusive <laughs> environment. I'm not saying a word. I'm not saying a word. Um, so we'll move on to the final question, which is which album do you wish we still hadn't covered? Um, I was trying to be very quiet and just sneak past that, but you've kind of yeah. given mine away. But we're going to start with Sam anyway. So Sam. Yeah. 90 seconds on which album you wish we still hadn't covered. Go. Yeah, so I I feel like I found this really hard because I actually don't dislike any of the albums. Mm. I actually really liked them all. So it's I'm not not saying this is a bad album at all. It's actually a bit further up my list than the bottom. Um, but I've picked Cardi B, Invasion of Privacy. Okay. Um, I like it a lot, and I think she way exceeded expectations on this album when it came out. Um, but I just think the conversations around it kind of blows it way out of proportion um it, it was see- at the time it was seen as like the landmark rap album of this era mm. and i i feel like it's a great debut for someone who the expectations were incredibly low um but <laughs> i can't put it I, I just can't put this album next to some of the genuine classics that have come out in that time um i think there's really great songs on here um but i i just i feel like we shouldn't and the, the reason i picked it for this is because personally, I feel like Cardi B has improved 
since this album. I, I feel like some of the songs since, like Warp and Money and Up and some of her features that she's done recently are kind of outclassing what happens on this album. And I, I personally feel like we should have waited until the next one. Maybe I'll be wrong and it'll be terrible. Um, but <laughs> uh, that's kind of my feeling. I feel like she's got way more ahead of her than this album. I Like It is one of the best hits of the decade. Uh, that's undeniable. And that opening few seconds, I could listen to that on literally on repeat. Um, you can listen to yeah. it, but you can't talk about it. You're done. That's it. Cool. Okay, Matt, which album do you wish we still hadn't covered? Go. Um, I similar feelings to Sam. Like I, I liked, I liked everything on this playlist. Mm. Um, but the one I liked the least, I guess, was Caroline Polachek, um, okay. with Pang, and like so, it's it's like there's a dark, broody pop music. There's even some like emo moments in there, but it, I found it was a little bare at times to really hold my interest. Um, I wasn't super keen on her voice. Um, but again, this might be an unfair juxtaposition when there are so many good voices on this uh, list and um, hers just doesn't hold, hold kind of a candle to those guys. Um, and I think the, the really big thing I struggle with this is like every album I had like several songs, which I really, really gravitated towards. And in this album, there was a couple of songs I liked, but there wasn't ones, there wasn't a single song that I was like, hell yeah, I want to I can't wait to get to that point. Um, like, um, there's one about hurting my feelings at the end, which I thought was was good. Um, so but it, it's all, my feelings. Yeah, that one. Yeah. But it's also like that was all the way at the end of the album, so you have to like get through eight tracks and then and then you're there. And then I just um, yeah, I was like kind of excited to listen to this album because like uh, my wife really likes Chairlift, which is the band she's from. Um, but mm-hmm. after I listened to this, I was just like, yeah, maybe I'll just listen to Chairlift instead. <laughs> You just nailed 90 seconds. I can't find my stop button there. There it is. Okay. Um, when you're ready to time me, Sam, um, I think my answer's pretty obvious now. But Yeah. Go on, go. <laughs> but firstly, I should say, and I think you both just said it, I don't think there are any totally irredeemable albums on this list. I don't think there are any bad albums on this list. Um, and even the one that I have chosen, I do like a few things about it. But in the end, while I agree and respect agree with and respect a lot of what Lizzo's saying, it doesn't stop me from finding her voice and performance hard to cope with personally. Um, She's a bit like nails on a chalkboard to me, especially when she squeals. Um, I can't get on board with her voice. It's just irritating. Um, Like a Girl is probably the best example of these two competing feelings about the album for me. It's like this really strong, admirable feminist message that's really to be respected but she just rises and falls and squeaks all over the place. And, and I just can't do it. It's just really not for me. Um, and that's a problem that exists throughout the album um, and makes even the moments that I like more than others, still not anything I could return to. Um, I think Jerome in general is a really good, funny, interesting song, but her voice is nails on a chalkboard. Um, and I think the problem is really highlighted by the Missy Elliott feature um, because while there's a voice in here that I don't hate, I'm able to really enjoy the music and get on really on board and, and Missy Elliott's great on it. Um, I think better in color is another peak of the really impossible to enjoy voice. Um, I don't know how any of you put up with it. I really don't. Um, and that's all I have to say, really. It's, it's just something that's entirely possible, impossible to get past for me. Um, as much as I could, there's a lot to like about her. I definitely wish I had heard it. You just, you just listed out 
absolute banger after absolute banger. It's the voice. Not, I'm not saying they're not bangers, but you she, just, she hurts you my just, eardrums. You just don't like people being happy. <laughs> I mean, that true. might be part of it, but it is just... I, I value my eardrums. Um, that's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Um, okay, so we talked about... Lizzo, you guys have both spoken yeah. about already. Yeah. Caroline Polacek, should we go there? Um, shall go I, for it. Shall I talk about Caroline Polacek? So go for it. I can kind of um, get what Matt's saying. I have some slightly different... I think I feel similarly, but in a different way, if that makes any sense. Um, because I think this album starts incredibly well. I think every time I put this album back on, I would be like, oh, I, I didn't think I liked it that much last time I heard it, but this is great. I think The Gate is really good and then every song from that to I Give Up is really, really good. I think that it starts with really interesting creative pop songs with a lot of power. I think they're straightforward in a lot of ways, but they do a lot of interesting things. I think the the bass on New Normal is a really good example of what I'm talking about. It's it's just odd enough and, and it stands out enough to make the song sort of different and to elevate it. Um, that's one of my favourite songs here. Um, I really like Pang as well, the title song. But every time I get to look at me now, um, I remember that this album totally falls off a cliff after the first five songs. I think it just becomes boring ballad after boring ballad at that part. I think Insomnia, the really, really poor song, Ocean of Tears, Hey Big Eyes, Go as a Dream, that's just a really soporific run of songs. Um, mm. I think it picks up a little bit towards the end with Caroline Shut Up and So Hot You're Hurting My Feelings, but I've never been able to decide whether I like them or find them irritating. I'm not sure. Um, the, <laughs> Good the whole Caroline telling herself to shut up thing irritates me a little bit, I've got to be honest. And then it ends quite boringly as well. So for me, it felt like a decent EP with a lot of rubbish tacked on afterwards. Um, and the more I listened to it, the more I felt that even those songs that I liked at the beginning were kind of like a lesser version of Christine and the Queens. Um, so I think anytime I want to listen to this kind of music, I'll just listen to Christine and the Queens. And also the fact that, Matt, you don't really like Christine and the Queens it makes sense to me that you don't like this album as well. But I bet Sam really likes it. That's my guess that I'm going to make. Okay. Now. Well, I, can I, can I shatter your illusions? Yes. Uh, well, actually you already know I said, I said, I like all of the albums on this list. So that's ruined that. Um, <laughs> yeah, no. So um, I picked this because you've mentioned Christine and the Queens. She's done yeah. multiple songs with Christine and the Queens. Oh, really? With Charlie XCX um, on various things. And I, so I know her voice, and to me, um, I found it interesting that you picked out her voice as the thing you didn't like, Matt, because to me, that is her best asset and that her most unique asset because she yeah. sounds completely otherworldly. She doesn't sound like anyone else. So when, when she appears on someone else's song, I go, oh, I recognize that voice. So I always wanted to get back to this. I think I listened to it once when it came out and there was kind of a mm. bit of buzz around it, but never went back. And um I'm glad I did because I feel like really getting into it this time, um, I was able to kind of get through it. I find it interesting what both of you were saying about the split of the album because I think it's the it's the difference between um, kind of pop fans and non-pop fans. Mm. Um, the, the pop fans, it takes ages for this album to finally get to some songs that are immediate, mm. which are <laughs> Caroline Shut Up and So Hot You Hurt My Feelings. They are they are the poppiest, straightforward pop moments on the record. Um, and I feel like that was all I remembered 
from it the first time mm. I would go through. But it's it's the layers and everything else that I found really interesting. And it, 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 as it went, I started to really, really enjoy the rest, the rest of the songs. Um, I really like Ocean of Tears and Hey Big Eyes. I think Pang is really good. Um, got the Bear with me when I've written down that she reminds me of Enya. I don't okay. mean this as a complete, like, complete criticism, but the way that she does that thing with her voice where she kind of like inflects up and down mm, and like, yeah. like it's really unique and it, it gives, but it's also in the way that the electronic sounds are used for like this atmospheric quality where they like surround her voice. And um, it makes it, it makes like the electronic sounds sound natural, which I feel like Enya was doing in her like new age stuff um, in like the nineties. And um, but I feel like that's what makes her so interesting. Um, it I, I can see why this is quite a divisive album between people mm-hmm. and it isn't immediate and it took a lot to get into it. And I still don't know if I would be like, put this next to that Christina Queen's album, either of hers, mm-hmm. or or even some other kind of, of these, the lesser mainstream pop records. Um but I feel like she's an interesting artist that I'm glad I went back into because whatever she does next, I'm going to be interested in. Do you so, see my point about her sounding like a lesser version of Christine the Queens? Though, do you see that? Is there a oh, similarity? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That the, yeah, yeah. the style and and there's if you if it you know when it says like artists similar to yeah yeah like they are they're right next to each other like they they just had a song with Charlie XCX both of them that was mm-hmm. one of my favorite songs from last year and okay. um, that. It, exactly the same thing but i feel like christine just has a lot more to say Mm. a lot more interesting and also knows the pop side of it a bit more so it's way more instantly catchy whereas this is like you really have to dive into it and i i would i found this hard to recommend to pop fans and then it's too pop for a lot of the indie people (laughs) and so (laughs) it's kind of this weird middle ground and that's why i feel like your two responses make sense yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The opposite yeah, responses, yeah. but the similar feelings. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, that's funny. Okay, so cool. Cardi B, Matt. Uh, yeah, I can I can talk about Cardi B. I I um agree. It's it's actually really interesting to talk about Cardi B in this context because we were talking about doing Cardi B, um, for my first month on the playlist. Oh really? Um, yeah, and so oh. the first. For, well, the first month where I got to choose the music, um, yeah. which would have been my second podcast. And so revisiting it, um, because we chose something else instead, um, it, it has been, uh, it's, it's been like a nice closure of that almost. <sighs> um, but yeah, like I like this album. Um, I think it is uneven, um, kind of like what Sam was saying. It's, it goes pretty hard in certain sections. I really like the opening track, for example, like for it's for it to be so like bare and it's just like, Oh, I'm rapping. You can see me rapping and I'm pretty good at it. Um, I think it's a pretty, pretty good tone to set for like your debut. Mm. Um, so she can just kind of flex a little bit. Um, but like some of the other parts of the album are just like a bit hit or miss. It's super long. It's a bit too long. Mm. And then when you talk about it, like Sam was saying, this was huge. And like other albums that year, um, like uh, No Name with Room 25, I think it's way, way better. Or even uh, like T 
Fiera Whack with Whack World, which was kind of a really interesting style of album, was also mm. way, way better. And I'd be like, so for this to be the one that's the new defining hip hop album, um, really it just doesn't, doesn't, um, doesn't work for me. But that said, like, it is, it's still, it's very fun. It's full of her charisma, um, which she has so much of. It's, it's, throughout this pandemic she's been uh, a feature of like she does psas and stuff so mm-hmm. she's been like through the past couple of years she's been in our homes telling us what to do <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's like i have a lot of uh, affection for her for her as an artist and as, as a person um but yeah like i like sam says this is just a little overrated um i, I was gonna ask you specifically about that it feels like Cardi B is successful over here, but isn't isn't in the same level as she is over in America. It, does it feel like she's kind of inescapable over the past five years since, um, since this? Um, it's. I would say to a certain extent, yeah, but it's it's also hard to judge because she's so she's so identifies with New York and yeah. we're specifically the Bronx, and so any, anything where it's like, oh, there's a celebrity who's from the Bronx who's, or someone from the community who's talking is often her, especially like political endorsements, all of that stuff, Cardi B will come out. Yeah. Um, yeah. This, I, even watched, I don't know all I mean, this stuff about her. This is madness to me listening to this conversation because I don't know anything really about her. So it's madness to hear that she's doing all this stuff. Um, yeah. Well, she's just super engaged in the community. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also like she's had a lot of friction with other stars. And so she's in the media for that those reasons as well um i even watched like i watched a movie the other day and it had both her and lizzo in it okay <laughs> so yeah she is everywhere <laughs> everywhere uh, i look <laughs> so it's kind of this is all kind of i mean i'll jump in now it's all kind of fascinating to me because i i picked this album kind of for me it's always seemed like a bit of a joke i didn't know that it was um so respected i think my experience of this album is i as part of my job um the year this came out i was sort of going away on these residential weekends with with the teenagers i was working with and taking them to like activity weekends and they were all just permanently rapping cardi b lines in my face and so i maybe that's where my assumption that it was all a bit of a joke came from because i I, you know i didn't think i'd never taken it seriously as an album so i picked this in a way because i thought i was going to get the to take the piss out of something popular and and moan about it for a little bit. That's why I picked it for this episode. But actually, in the end, I I did have quite a lot of fun with this album. It's much, much better than I thought it was going to be. Um, Her flow certainly isn't the best I've heard or anything, which that's kind of why it surprises me that you're saying it's considered to be such a a big album in there. I thought it was like a pop album that, you know, it has got some, it is obviously a hip hop album, but I didn't think it was taken that seriously as a hip hop album. But her flow's not terrible, and I think she makes up for that lack of flow with her personality and the and and the performance she puts in. She's definitely captivating, um, and I think it goes hard at times. This album, which I, again wasn't really expecting, it starts really relentlessly. If I get up ten, drip, Bickenhead, and Bodak Yellow, I think they're all decent sort of hard hitting songs. Um, and I also found out like some of the more personal sort of slower songs too. I'd like be careful. Um, I liked Ring and I, I, I liked Through Your Phone, even though it, this is why I was laughing about her being this political figure in some ways, because Through Your Phone makes her sound very questionable um, as a as a human. 
but she says some very questionable things throughout really like she's but i like that she takes ownership of that which is another thing you said i, I like that she takes ownership of who she is and she creates she's an interesting character and um you know a lot of good hip-hop has done that down the years sort of taken ownership of elements of their personality that other people might find um strange to them because it's not it's not what they're used to so yeah i was pretty impressed with it really it's not like it's not an album i'm in love with and i don't know if i'll go back to it but it was a much more involving um listen than i expected it to be so yeah i was relatively impressed but still very shocked that she's quite such a she just seems like you know someone that's a bit of a reality star to me but i've obviously missed out well she was that was that was where she originally came from yeah she was on one of those kind of it was new, some New York show. I can't remember what it was, um, okay. but that was that was her breakthrough. And then right. Bodak Yellow ended up becoming the first female hip hop number one single. Um, wow. Okay. Like solo single without anyone else on it. Um, I mean, she's had like five no, no, Hill. since then. No, Lauren Hills have been number one. Um, or maybe the first since then. Okay. I can't remember. Okay. I can't remember. Don't quote me. You are on a podcast, so you will be quoted. <laughs> it um, is the first, yeah, I, I read that. It's the first one since Lauren Hill in like yeah, 1998. Yeah. Okay, okay. So okay. it's been 20, 20 wow. years since like a rap album wow. and then and a female rap album. Just crazy. Okay. Well, we've yeah. we've got through all the questions now. Um, we spoke about all of the answers to that last question, haven't we? So um, yeah. we've just got two albums left. We've got actually two albums that me and Sam picked as ones that we knew well, I think. So Sam, Sam do you want to start with Rosalia? And do you want to pronounce the title for us all? Rosalia. Rosalia. That's how it... She I didn't know that. I've said that the whole her, time um, until just now when I've just said it wrong. So On her things. Um, yeah, I, I've been, I have been asking everyone to listen to this album ever since I first heard it. And knowing that it is not going to be for everyone, it is. <laughs> but for me, this has been one of the most exciting albums of the last five years. Um it's like you can say it's genre hopping but i don't think it is it's it's straight up a flamenco album but it just borrows elements from other genres from hip hop and pop and kind of r&b music but it's so distinctively flamenco throughout um that it's just so interesting and it stands out so much um i feel like especially in a world where we've got latin music is so popular but it's all kind of like reggaeton um, music and it all kind of doesn't all sound the same but th that rhythm is kind of what is in all of these big songs so this is really kind of um a really interesting different take on it from someone who is spanish they're not um they're like from spain um so yeah i, f I feel like manamente sets it all perfectly that the hand claps and the castanet sounds mixed with the hip-hop production um it was i saw her perform this on jules holland and that's what made me instantly go and get her album um and then that the energy um as she like dances her voice around kind of spanish guitar lines on uh pienso en tu mirar and dimi nombre the, those two songs are out outstanding on this um and real highlights um and i find it interesting it, it's um obviously we we're listening to this and it, it's it's hard to know what she's singing about um mm. you two clearly understand spanish more than me which is not at all um <laughs> and but but this the, this this album is a concept album based on a 13th century romance novel okay flamenca um, okay <laughs> so 
I, I actually, I was translating some of the lyrics from, because I've, I've got this on vinyl and comes with like the lyric sheet. And it's like, there the, the is like drama in these songs, like <laughs> people dying and like kind of um, the heartbreak and the the emotion in the lyrics is, it gives, but you hear it in her voice when she's performing. And um, there's a song, Keno Sagla La Luna, and it's just, she's just, it's just such a thrill when she's singing um, and you hear so much emotion in there. Um, even though I don't know what she's saying, but um, it's, everything is so larger than life and dramatic. Um, I just love it. Um, I, I think she's like the most exciting and engaging performer that has like emerged in in the music in, in, a, in a long time for me. And um, so I really wanted to do this on the podcast for a long time, or at least kind of share it with people just to see what you think. Cause I, you guys mm. might hate this. You might love it. I have genuinely no idea. Um, so yeah. Who, who do you want to go to first? Go, you go Fran. Go on. Yeah. Um, look, I don't think it's going to surprise you massively to hear. I don't have a lot to say about this album, but it's not because I dislike it. I don't dislike it. Um, I think it's, I think it's, really quite pretty i think it's got a lot of interesting elements and she's very talented like you can you've just talked about she comes across as a star on this album and you can see that but the reality is the album kind of washes over me um it doesn't leave me with an awful lot to cling to um just because it unlike the abibio sound machine album which the words didn't feel important to me, even though it sounds like from what Matt's told us, they might well be more interesting than, than I thought. Um, I wanted to know what she was saying on this album because it felt so emotional and I didn't know what she was saying. So it kind of, it kind of left me not that interested. And and now that you tell me what the song, the album is about, I'm, I'm kind of glad that I don't know what she's talking. Cause if it's about some flamenco novel, then probably I wouldn't have been as interested as, as I thought I might be. Um, I think there's not enough in the music that interests me personally for me to, un- to to love the album without understanding what she's saying, if that makes sense. But I, I think that's all a me problem, not an album problem. I do definitely think it's a good album um, and an interesting album, and I can understand why people love it, but it just didn't stick with me really. Um, yeah, which is probably exactly what you thought was going to be my response, I would imagine. Um, but yeah. yeah, it's it's uh, it's. I feel like it's a tough one. I, it's hard to gauge what. People, I just yeah, yeah. I just want people to hear it because I do think that five years from now she's going to be one of the biggest stars in the world. I mean, she mm. already is pretty huge. Um, she's think, got a new album coming out, hasn't she? This year, yeah. So. Um, yeah. Um, do you want what me to do you think, Matt? Um, well, I I knew this album really well. I I love it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like um, as. Uh, yeah, like I, I heard this a while ago, and as as soon as I heard like the flamenco stylings, I was super enthused. Um, I have a weird like, for someone from Southern England, I, I have a, like a lot of ties to Spain because my grandparents grew up there. Oh, my grandparents didn't grow up there. I visited my grandparents when I was growing up, and they both lived there. And then I had a ex girlfriend who was from Spain. And her dad would always sing flamenco <laughs> when, when okay. I went there. <laughs> so like. I I know like have experienced a lot of flamenco and um so it was really interesting to hear like a modern take on it mixed with this kind of like R and B stylings but like like Sam said it's like flamenco really at the core 
Um, I would be really curious to talk to someone who's into tra- like traditional flamenco and see what they thought of this album. Mm, yeah. Um, but I just, yeah, it's so interesting the way it's, it's put together and it's so much like fun and there's so much vitality in it. Um, while still, yeah, it's like really interesting to hear such a classical style be like renovated in this way. And then like um, the way it's, become also like commercially successful is it's been really interesting to see because it is such a like almost like you say a high concept album it's so kind of weird and out there and experimental but then it because because of songs like despacito and things like that like latin music is so much more palatable these days for people that it can make that impact and do something more interesting than than Despacito, which was just like this is a pop song. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and like I, the influence of this album already, I can see because I've heard like flamenco beats and other other stuff, and like Latin music now isn't just reggaeton. Yeah, <laughs> which is which is great because <laughs> that's that's a very specific beat, and it's in everything. Um, <laughs> And so, yeah, I, I can't wait for the the next album. It's it's yeah, it's one of the the albums I'm most looking forward to. And like you say, I she could potentially just she could change pop music in in a really interesting way, um, which is exciting. Well, there you go. Okay, last album um, is Baez Ash. I'll start yeah. us off as it was one I picked um, for the playlist. So, so this was the one. Like we said at the start, we we each picked one or two that we uh, we wanted to sort of share. This was the one that I wanted to share. Um, so obviously, I'm a big fan of it. Um, I didn't actually know their music. I didn't know this album when it came out. Um, I discovered them sort of early in the first lockdown um, when I was just randomly listening to all sorts of stuff. And um, yeah, I, I, I've been really into them since then. Um, I think they really successfully meld a whole host of genres together. Um so much so that the album end up, ends up kind of feeling genreless to me. Um, I wouldn't be able to tie it down to an exact genre. It feels very original. Um, I think there's a really effortless way in which their voices work together. Um, their harmonies add this intense level of emotion to what are already sort of intensely emotional songs. I think I might have chosen this as the one that's most relevant to the last five years if I hadn't already known so much about it. But um, it kind of felt like cheating for me to pick it because I know the stories behind some of the songs. Um so I know that Deathless, for example, was written following an incident in which one of the twins was subject to uh, racist incidents with a police officer, um, which is obviously hugely familiar in, in the context of what we've been seeing in society while we've been yeah. doing this podcast. But um, I do wonder, and I'm quite interested to hear from you two, whether the relevance of that was as obvious to someone who's a newcomer to the album, like, does that song come across that it's about that? Um, maybe we'll get to that in a minute. But um because the reason I wonder about that is one of the things I really like about it is how their messaging is often quite subtle. Um, I think a lot of these songs can just be heard for their for the, the beauty and the construction of the songs before you even think about what they're saying. Um, I think obviously there's an exception to that with No Man Is Big Enough For My Arms, which um, the subtleties totally dropped with there's all the experts from excerpts from the Michelle Obama speech. Um, but I think that song sort of serves as the centre of the album, sort of providing this context to a sort of genreless album that drifts and changes all over the place. So it feels like a really free creative album to me. Um, but at the same time, you know that like a lot of work's gone into every second of it. I just think it's a, a really accomplished, really interesting album. So yeah, I'd be 
interested to hear what either of you thought. We'll go to you first, Matt, because um, because I just decided that randomly. Sure. <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah. I made you cough. I, I yeah, like like I said, I do like this album. I I didn't. I don't think I loved it. Um, but the, I do think um, I agree with a lot of what you was kind of saying. Um, like, there's a lot to get from it. Mm. Um, and like you say, like, I think to go into like what you're talking about with like the relevance to the past five yeah. years, I think there's a tone that's interesting. And I, I could be completely off base here, but the tone that I got from this is like the one of defiance and perseverance mm. yeah, as yeah, opposed yeah, yeah. To, yeah. to anger. And I feel yeah. like the tone in modern discourse about these things that we're talking about, like like um, racial injustice and things like that, has shifted a little bit towards mm. anger and fighting back yeah. against the system. And so it does feel it feels like an album from five years ago because of that. Um, mm. But I don't think it's necessarily a detriment to it. Um, and I think you need you need both those things to. It's interesting, actually. I'll just cut in for a sec because it's interesting. Well, I was reading rereading an article about this um, just before we recorded, and um, they were talking about how a lot of it was a lot of what they're trying to say in both their albums so far is it, it's related to sort of stuff from the civil rights era that they they grew up talking to their parents about. So that's that's absolutely right, Mike. Like the the defiance thing i yeah. think deathless is the particular example of that um you know it's deathless is about we you know as a as a race of people we keep going despite all of these things so i think yeah that's that's a very good read uh, occasionally occasionally it happens <laughs> um but yeah i i think you also touched on touch like you're right the center point is uh, no man is big enough for your arms it's mm. a perfect example of how to use a sample effectively i think mm. um some people get it so wrong and but this is really done effectively the way it's layered in and then they they go to their like harmonies and then back to michelle obama is it's mm. really really effective to have like this touchstone i think if i'm going to get really like um picky about this it the structure of the album's a little weird because um it does feel like it's building up to something towards the end you have this kind of build to something mm. in the beginning and then it feels like it's building something to, to the end and then there's like this eight minute track that feels like it's supposed to be the payoff and it's not. Um, but like that, I, that is, that's me getting really, really picky. Mm. You're allowed um, to be picky. It is picky bastards. Yeah, yeah so. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, that shouldn't deter anyone from listening. Cool. Sam? Yeah. So I'm not going to be picky. Um, I really enjoyed this. Um, I nearly this was a close second for my favorite new discovery. Oh, cool! Um, I really love the way that their voices blend together. That is the, that's what keeps you coming back to this. Is mm. the the their voices together, and the harmonies that they have, and the times when they sing over the top of each other in like a layered way through the song. Um, I feel like there's really stark moments on the album, like waves. Um where it's mm. really raw and it, it really cut through a lot of the louder records that we had on this playlist. Um, and so I really enjoyed this section for that. And it, um, But then I liked that they have such dynamic and interesting voices, but they're not afraid to use it in a different way. So there was lots of vocoder on this album, yeah. um, which I, I really like because it, it, it really adds to the kind of, 
deep emotion that they're trying to get across. I I found a lot of links between this record and um, thinking back to like 808s and Heartbreak um, in terms of the use okay. of the, the drums and alongside like Vakoda. Um, like I obviously th- that's an album that I've I know really really well so that was just a link for me but it, it mm. captures that same kind of um, level of kind of like open space and um, just with this like haunting voice um, I I personally didn't think that the Michelle Obama speech works as well as it probably feels like it's supposed to I didn't have that same. Mm moment of this is the peak of this album and then we're back again um on first listen i feel like it works quite well and then as time went on i just sort of started getting a bit i'd rather they they be singing um yeah so i don't know um and i didn't get the same level of kind of the political um feeling on some of the other tracks. I don't know whether that was just ignorance from not listening properly or um, in the I same way. I think it is very subtle though. I think it is yeah. purposely subtle. It's not like, um, which is what I like about it. It's not laying it on too thick. Like it's a sort of personal experience of the political, I think, which is, which I like about it. And I don't think, I don't think that's the main, I don't think that's the main thing to take away from it. Sometimes I think you're, you know, you're getting a lot from it when that's, it doesn't yeah, yeah. have to be. I, I just, get I, that. I really, really enjoyed it. I, re- I think the opener is really beautiful. Um, and I, I really enjoyed when will I learn as well. Um, I thought it's yeah, just it's really, a really interesting album. Um, and I'm, I'm glad we've listened to it. Um, this, this came out quite a while ago. Are they still, are they planning a new album? So or? they've had a single come out in December, um, which features yeah. that, um, the guy who won the, well, he did pretty well in the sounds of the BBC sounds of 2020, the Pow Pow Salute. Or yeah. He features on the song, um, doing what I always do. I've not listened to it because I'm, I'm presuming it's meaning there's an album coming. Um, so I'm going to hold off listening to it so I can hear it on the album. Um, so I can't tell you whether it's good or not. But um, <laughs> <laughs> there is a new single. Um, if you like them, Sam, you should also hear the debut album, which is self-titled. Yeah, um, yeah I haven't gone to it yet because I wanted to wait until we'd done this, but I, I'm definitely going to. It's really hard to separate which of the albums is better, actually, if I'm being honest. There's better, I think there's there's things you might like, and you might like more about that one, Matt, because in a way it's less, um, it has less of the sort of drifting in and out. It's a bit more cohesive, I think. Um, but yeah, it's really, I'm really cool. glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, that's cool. Great album. Yeah. Okay, that's it. We have come to it. the end of the albums we should have covered, but didn't. We've now covered them. So we've now covered all the albums that we should cover ever. <laughs> sure. Um, it was quite hard for us to come up for a list of nine, though, wasn't it? Yeah. It was quite hard to find a list that either we hadn't been vocal about in some way or hadn't already covered. So I think we did well. I think it was – well, we may as well talk about the list. It was a really good list, I thought, um, Yeah. as you would expect this list to be. Um, it, was, it was really good. Um, a lot of interesting stuff. And the only thing I would say, the only thing that stood out to me was it was, it was very – it was quite gentle, in a way, like there was nothing really hard hitting. I didn't think um, I would have maybe liked one frantic guitar album yeah. with lots of shouting that Sam would have hated. No, that was probably this, my this only. Was, this was the best playlist we've ever, that has ever happened, and we think... will live on forever as a. Yeah, th- this is this was great. It wasn't a yeah. single thing I didn't like, um, but yeah, 
That's not I, a hard, it's not a surprise really, I don't think. Because your favorite, so we're going into this. Was the Rosalia album your favorite, and is it still your favorite? That that and Jay Z, um, yeah. between them, really, like, yeah, that's obviously still my favorite. Those two, um, mm. because I I absolutely love them. Um, but yeah, it was I found it interesting because I actually thought I was gonna enjoy the Carolyn Polishek more than some of the others. Mm. Um, so it was an interesting switch around, really. But yeah, yeah I, I thought it was really, really great list, and everyone should listen to all of these albums. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, because I think even the ones like uh, I didn't expect to enjoy a couple of them, a BBL Sound Machine, particularly, um, and I really did enjoy that. Um, so, yeah, I think, and, and also I think maybe, I mean, Ash was obviously my favorite going in, but Barty Strange pushes it pretty close now, which is a, is a nice thing to happen. So, yeah, great list. What about you, Matt? there's not much to say <laughs> I, I, I agree I, it would have been nice to have something with a bit more bite just mm. to complement everything add a bit more diversity to the list but like well like like I said we've, we kind of over index for that anyway so there's yeah. going to be less out there that we haven't heard as a group because I suppose of, part because of that might be that it we... started with the Cardi B as well didn't it for us the playlist started with the Cardi B which is probably yeah one of the more aggressive albums and it ended with the Jay-Z. So it's kind of had the two, it was bookended by the two slightly more aggressive albums, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. So, but, but um, yeah, everyone, like Sam says, everyone should listen to all of them because they were all great. So if you haven't listened to one, it's, it's well worth your time. And then Nilofa Yanya is your favorite on this list, is it? I don't, I don't know. Um, I, I find it hard to pick favorites. I, I'm not even sure if it was you my favorite to. going into this. <laughs> okay. I just I just wanted to talk about it. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, yeah, maybe Rosalia. I don't know. Maybe mm. Jay Z. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that was very clear. Thanks, Matt. All right. Yeah. Should we move on to talk about next time then? Um, sure. I think next time is going to be Sam's first hosting job since you joined us so yeah god help us all how you feeling about that yeah it'd be fine yeah um yeah as long as there's a mute (laughs) button isn't there that i can press on is there not no 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 mute button i'm trying to think of a way if i can make you feel really nervous about it um you can just disconnect the call disconnect everyone and you can do voices for an hour by myself do what do our voices pretend to be us and yeah. And then you can just do the whole podcast. I would listen to that. I would love to listen to an yeah. hour of Sam pretending <laughs> to be us. That would be good. So I, for a classic, I've picked Aretha Franklin, I've Never Loved a Man the Way I Love You, and I am doing a Why I Love of Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga. It's got to be our like poppiest Why I Love so far. Yes. Yeah. I feel like you're coming out pretty strong for a first, first set. Have to. Uh, got to yeah. go with it. It's coming for us with the pop. It's going to become the pop podcast by the end of... By episode 75, it'll be entirely pop albums. Um, what about you, Matt? What you got? Um, so I picked uh, Orlando Weeks, his new album. So he's from the Maccabees. Um, and here the album title is Hop Up. And also the uh, the album Visions by Red Vox. Brilliant. And I am going with The Overload by Yard Act and FK Twigs's not an album, but a mixtape. Capri songs that is actually an album, not a mixtape. 
but we'll see. We'll nice. talk about that more I'm, next time. I'm very excited about this list. Yeah, it looks, it looks a good one. It looks a good one. I won't say what how my feelings about Lady Gaga are at this point. I could be blown <laughs> away. Who knows? Who knows? You've got a month to change your opinion. Yeah. Well, I, Sam sent the list over that he's made earlier, and I noticed that the two songs I know and don't like are not on it. So maybe there's a whole world of it's almost goodness. intentional. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't want to hear me moan about them again. <laughs> right. We'll cool. see you all next time, everyone. Yeah. Thanks for bye. 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 Bye.